Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The following program is being shortwaved overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. With the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern, just back from his vacation and raring to go. But before we begin, may I sincerely thank Mr. H.V. Kaltenborn, who took this show over and pinched it for me while I was away. Thank you, Mr. Kaltenborn, very, very much. Tonight is America's champion golfer, Mr. Byron Nelson, but first... Real one, portrait of a legend. This is a legend, a legend that's come down through the years, for this is the story of a young girl who was destined to revolutionize sports. But perhaps I'd better begin this story in the beginning. Many years ago, a poor girl was born in Europe. As she grew up, she became deeply religious. She believed wholeheartedly in God, and her constant companions were the priests and the monks of a nearby monastery. As this girl grew older... She began to notice that these religious people, in their leisure time, occupied themselves by playing a strange new game, a game she'd never seen before, a game she found out no one in her country had ever seen outside of that monastery. At first, these priests were reluctant to teach her that game, but finally she was taught the rules. She liked this game so much that she decided to take it outside of that monastery and try and teach it to others, and she did. At least she tried, but at first she wasn't very successful. However, slowly but surely, that game did begin to catch on. She traveled from one province to another, explaining the rules, trying to make the game popular. And she might have done it, too, if suddenly people hadn't started to criticize her. Perhaps it was because she was a girl. In those days, it was hardly ladylike for any girl to engage in any form of athletics, let alone try and teach one to others. This criticism grew and grew, and everywhere she went, she was pointed at with scorn. In some towns, she was even told she wasn't welcome. She tried to fight back as best she could. She pleaded that she was doing no wrong, that all she was trying to do was to teach the people a new sport, a game that she herself had first learned in a monastery. But the people just kept on criticizing her until one day, this criticism became so bitter that she was arrested. She was arrested and thrown into jail on direct orders from King Charles VII. And she was charged with disturbing the peace. After she was in jail, she was brought to trial. And then they let her go but only after she promised never to play this new sport again or to try to teach it to others. And to make sure that she'd keep her word, the king immediately passed a law making this new game illegal. After that, no one dared play this new game openly, and the king's law remained in effect for 240 years. And that's the story. The story of a young girl who tried her best to popularize a new sport and failed, and yet somehow she didn't fail altogether. For even though she herself could never play this game again, she taught it so well to others that it didn't altogether die out. It was carried on secretly for the 240 years that it was illegal. And when the law was finally repealed, the game became a national favorite. For you see, that game that this young girl had tried to introduce was the game we know now as tennis. Yep, that's the legend. The legend of a young girl who tried to introduce the game of tennis and failed. And yet, you know, even though she did fail... She can never be forgotten. Not because she tried to introduce a new sport, even though that sport was tennis, was to be remembered as the savior of her country. It was she who was to lead her people on the march that was to free France. For you see, this young girl's name 
was Joan of Arc. Portrait of a legend. Real two. The pride of Birmingham, Alabama, and one of the most popular players in the National League is Dixie Walker. When it comes to shaving, Dixie teams up with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream, the shave cream of champions. And he wrote me, Dear Bill, I had my shaving problems with tough whiskers and tender skin. I'll bet I tried every kind of shaving outfit, including the old mug and brush, before I discovered Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. I'm sticking with Colgate Brushless because it's the answer to a shaver's prayer. My wire whiskers wilt and skidoo when I razor them off with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream. Anytime I can tell a pal about Colgate Brushless, I feel I'm doing him a favor. Regards, Dixie Walker. Hear that, men? Here's a brushless shave cream made for fellows with wiry whiskers and dry, sensitive skin. It's made to keep those wiry whiskers soft while your razor shears them off close and clean, like Dixie Walker says, and no back talk either from your tender skin, because Colgate Brushless causes no after-irritation. Note, too, that Colgate Brushless isn't gummy or greasy, so it rinses off your razor in your face in a flash, and listen, men... If Colgate Brushless Shave Cream doesn't do all this for you, send the top of the carton back to me, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Zone 2, Jersey City, New Jersey, and you'll get double your money back. Real three. Colgate's camera close-up of Byron Nelson. We're in Chicago tonight to interview America's greatest golfer, Mr. Byron Nelson. He's the former Open champion, the former PGA champion, the former Augusta Masters champion. In fact, Byron Nelson has won every important golf title in America. And here he is in person from Chicago, Byron Nelson. Good evening, Bill. What brings you to Chicago? Why, Byron, we're both here for the same reason, the All-American Golf Tournament. Oh, Bill, don't tell me you're playing. No, no, Byron, I'm not playing. I'm just here to broadcast the tournament. But say, of all the golfers that you've ever seen, who would you say was the best? I'd say uh, Sam Snead, Ben Hogan, Walter Hagen, Bobby Jones, and Gene Sarazen. Sarazen at the incident, he shot a hole-in-one. Yes, he did get a hole-in-one. But let's get back to you. How about giving us some pointers on how to shoot good golf? <laughs> Why don't you see my movies? Oh, stop that movie star routine, Byron. What movies do you ever make? Well, I've made some Columbia sports shorts on how to play golf. The latest one is called Chips and Putts. It's a good picture, but... But what? But they use some new commentator on it. Some guy named Stern. Too bad. How do you like that? Well, that's the last picture I ever make with you. But seriously, Byron, since you are here in Chicago playing in the All-American Golf Tournament, maybe you'll let us in a little secret and tell us who's going to win. Well, at the moment, I like the chances of Gene Sarazen, Sammy Snead, and Ben Hogan. But I really don't know who's going to win. Now, you know that most people are picking you. I wish I knew why, Bill. Because, Byron, you've won your last ten big-time golf tournaments. You're leading the field right now. And yesterday you shot a sensational 30, which is six under par. I was proud to shoot that 30 yesterday. But remember this, Bill. Some of us have to be content to do our shooting with golf clubs instead of guns. Good night, Bill. I think I know what you mean. Thanks so much. Good luck and good night, Byron Nelson. Real four. Profile of golf. Tonight, as you know, we're in the city of Chicago to broadcast the All-American Golf Tournament. And speaking of golf... Some of the strangest sports stories of all time have come from the realm of golf. Let's begin by telling the story of Roland Hancock. Back in 1928, Roland Hancock was just another unknown golfer. He lived in North Carolina. And that year, along with hundreds of other golfers, Roland Hancock decided to enter the United States Open Golf Championship. He had no chance to win. At least he didn't think he did. But 
strange as it seems, when that tournament came down to its final moments, this unknown youngster named Roland Hancock was leading the most famous golfers in the world. All he needed was an easy five on the last hole, and he'd be the new golf champion of the United States. Suddenly, the word spread around. Hey, hey, some kid named Roland Hancock is leading the field. Let's go out and watch him. Immediately, the huge crowd surged out on the course to follow him as he played his last hole. No one had ever paid any attention to him before, but now, suddenly, 20,000 hysterical fans were surrounding him and screaming for him to shoot. The pressure was terrific, but somehow Roland Hancock managed to get onto that final green, and he left himself only a short four-foot putt, just a short putt. All he had to do was sink that putt, and he was the new champion of the United States. Slowly, he took his aim. The huge gallery held its breath. He hit the ball. It rolled toward the cup. But it didn't go in. He missed the next putt, too. And with it, went his chance for the title. That's why each year, when the national championship rolls around, I always think back to that hot July day back in 1928, when an unknown youngster named Roland Hancock came out of the hills of North Carolina to almost write golf history, only to disappear forever as quickly as he'd come, for he was never heard from again. But the National Open Golf Championship has even stranger stories to tell than that. For out in New Jersey, not so long ago, there was a man. A man who for a few cents would carry your golf bag. Anybody's golf bag. It didn't make any difference. He's just an ordinary caddy now. But if you look real closely at him, you'll see that this poor golf caddy is Cyril Walker, who back in 1924 won the golfing championship of the United States. But speaking about golf stories... The greatest of them all is the story of a golfer named Jones. Jones was a good golfer. So good that in his very first year, he won his country club championship. Jones was a left-handed golfer. And when he heard that Chicago was staging an open tournament for left-handed golfers, he promptly entered the Chicago Open. And even though it was his first year, Jones did mighty well in that Chicago Open. He won his first round match, then his second. He kept on winning until he reached the finals. One more match and he'd be the Chicago champion. But Jones never did play that final match. Because the night before this match was to be played, the girl he was engaged to marry came to him and she said, I am proud of your golf game, and I do hope you win tomorrow. But ever since you took up golf, you've had less and less time for me. You say you love me, but I don't want to spend the rest of my life as a golf widow. Now you must make up your mind. It'll have to be me or golf. You can't have both. It'll have to be one or the other. It didn't take Jones long to make his decision. For that same night, he sat down and he wrote his fiancée an answer. An answer in the form of a song. A song she liked so much that she urged him to have it published. And he did. And that's why right here in the city of Chicago at a golf tournament over 20 years ago, a great song was born. A song was born because a golfer's girl came to him. And when she came to him that day, she said, It'll have to be one or the other, me or golf. And now you know why a golfer named Jones, whose full name was Isham Jones, first came to write an immortal song. An immortal song that was destined to sweep this nation. A song you must remember. A song that was called... It had to be you, wonderful you. It had to be you. Profile. Of a golfer. Real five. Since we're in Chicago tonight, here's the best in the West, Don Elder. 
Yes, sirs, Babe Ruth is on the Colgate shaving team. But the Babe, like millions of other shavers, prefers lather. Colgate lather, of course, known as Colgate Rapid Shave Cream. The Bambino wrote Bill Stern saying, You see, Bill, I found a long time ago that when Colgate lather's extra soaking power gets through softening up my beard and wilting my tough whiskers, then my razor breezes through with the greatest of ease, clean, close, and painlessly. Signed, Babe Ruth. And men... The reasons that Babe Ruth gives for using Colgate Rapid Shave Cream are the same reasons why two out of three barbers use it on their customers. I ask, can you do better than follow the experts? Why not switch to Colgate Rapid Shave Cream, the lather cream of champions? And now, back to Bill Stern. Real six. Colgate's candid camera catches the story behind the story. Exclusive, Washington, D.C. A new bill has been introduced into Congress by Senator Langer of North Dakota, which, if passed, mind you, ladies and gentlemen, I am saying if passed, will require every Major League Baseball team in the United States to hire 10% of its players from returning war veterans. Now, get that. War veterans, and get this, who have lost an arm or a leg. And that's the 3-0 mark for tonight. We've been broadcasting from Chicago tonight. Next Friday night, we'll be in New York, and we'll be back as usual, same time, same stations, with another edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Our guest next Friday evening will be the famous singing star, Miss Joan Edwards. So be sure and be with us next Friday night at our usual time, when we present as our guest the singing star of the hit parade, Miss Joan Edwards. And until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day Newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. And now until this very same time next Friday night, this is Bill Stern for Colgate Shave Cream, wishing you all a good, good night from Chicago. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, had lots to say. He told you tales of sports, you all the inside dope, you really know. So listen in next Friday night, C-O-L-G-A-T-E. The latest sports article by Bill Stern appears in the current issue of Argosy Magazine, now on sale at all newsstands. This program originated in Chicago. This is the National Broadcasting Company.